want to share with you for a moment, about, a couple moments, uh, about worship. And if you were here this last weekend, I felt led of the Lord to talk about having more of God. And I've been personally pressing in for more of God. And I'm unashamedly asking you to join me on that journey. It's a journey worth getting on. I don't know of another journey, to, another road to go down these days. There are many of them, and I don't recommend them. I recommend the one that God's on and where you and I have more of him tomorrow than we did today. And that's what we're after. And one of the ways the Holy Spirit has told me personally to go after him in this season is worship. And I want to advocate that to you. I really do. I mean, even when we clap, I don't want to give God a little a little pat on the back. Amen. I want to clap. You know, he's worthy of more than just a little, yeah, Lord, we love you, you know. Amen. I, w- I want us to really enter into more of what worship means and what worship looks like. So I'm going after that. I'm on a discovery. I'm not telling you I know all that that means. I'm saying I want to grow in my praise and my worship and my honor of God in this season. And that's what it means right now for me to have more of God. I'm giving more of myself to him in, in worship. And I had this phrase come to me today, and I want to share it with you. And, and I'm only, if I have a title to this message, if it is a message, it would be giving to God when you have nothing to give. Did you like that? Somebody said, oh, and another person said, ouch. I think we got two sides of the spectrum tonight. That's okay. I want to say it to you this, this way. Real worship is giving to God when you feel like you have nothing to give. Real worship is what comes out of us when we're offended, when we're cut, and we bleed worship. And God wants us to know that. I want to share with you that there are seasons where we don't feel like we have much or... We don't uh, sense in ourselves, like we're not at that place of just joy and exuberance and passion like we've been in times gone by. We, maybe we don't feel all like that, but I want to tell you something. When we're in a season where it's difficult or maybe we're in a lull or we're in a battle and we sort of show up, whether it's to our prayer time or maybe it's the church, and we sort of feel like the tank is empty and we don't have a lot to sort of give back to God. But standing there sometimes is everything. Sometimes in those seasons, that really is real worship, and the Lord sees that in ways that maybe we never do. We feel sort of guilty, like I don't have anything to give, and I'm, my tank's on empty, and I'm not as excited as I want to be, and everybody around me seems to be get, getting, getting on to this place with Jesus where I seem to can't get to or whatever, but God knows, and he, he knows our hearts, and he sees something on the inside of us that maybe we don't often see. He sees us standing there. He sees us lifting our hands. He sees us singing. He sees us pray, and he knows what's in our hearts when we're doing just that. God knows what real worship actually is, even when we don't. And when we don't feel like we have something to give, maybe it's in that season that we're giving the absolute most by showing up, singing, and saying whatever we do have. And I want to tell you, that's real worship at times. There's a passage that I want to share with you tonight. It came to my heart even today, and this is Mark 12 and verse 41. I'm talking to you about worship tonight, in case you were wondering. Mark 12, 41, and he sat down, this is Jesus with his disciples, and he sat down opposite the treasury. So he's in the temple, 
And he began to observe how the people were putting money into the treasury. And many rich people were putting in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. Now, I brought with me two, uh, and I have them too, which means I got a little bit. That's what she put in there, just two copper coins. Now, these are pennies, not the same thing, but she had two, I'm going to put them right here. I'm put them right here. It's my tip for tonight. <laughs> she put in two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. Calling his disciples to him, he said to them, as they all looked at this woman, he said, truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury. If that's not a profound statement to you, it ought to be. He called his disciples, and they're looking at this woman who put in what nobody thought was anything, and he says to them, she put in more than all of the contributors to this treasury. For they all put in out of their surplus or their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she owned and all that she had to live on. And this is a beautiful story. And to me, it's a story about worship. There's a picture of somebody that gave everything and nobody else could see except for Jesus. She gave everything she had. She showed up to give when there was nothing really to give. Now, the context here is it's Passover time. Jerusalem is packed with worshipers from all over. So this is a scene of worship. Many have traveled a distance to make sacrifices, to celebrate the Passover, worship at the temple. Jesus is days away from his crucifixion. I want you to think about that. The stories in the Bible that are days away from the crucifixion means that Jesus had it in his heart and considered it of utmost importance that this not only needed to happen, not only the disciples needed to see it, but it needed to be recorded in the Bible. Days away from his crucifixion, Jesus stopped to teach his disciples a lesson through this widow. In the temple, there were 13 trumpet-shaped chests around the walls of the court of the women. So if you can imagine, there's three, 13 treasury chests. And people would come and they would give their free will offerings. This is what it was. It was a free will offering of the heart. You did not have to give these offerings. It was something you chose to give. And so as we hear from this passage, the scene is many people are coming and they're giving, it says, large sums of money. And that would be something you could hear. How would we know it was a large sum? Because it, was a, it wasn't a clink and a clank. It was a ding, 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 ding. You understand? It was a pinball machine. When they put in their money, everybody could hear. And that was actually part of it. Part of what they got out of the situation was when they put their large sums of money in, everybody could hear it. And they were very proud. They, were, they thought very highly of themselves. But you couldn't hear this widow's scent being dropped into the treasury Jesus is standing on the opposite wall, observing people giving their free will offering to God. Can you imagine that? Jesus watches people giving their money. Now, I'm not about to take an offering tonight, although that wouldn't be a bad idea. I'm just not going to do it. That's not the point of what I'm sharing with you, although giving to God financially is a part of worship. And until you see it that way, it isn't going to be an exciting thing for you. It can't be. 
We have to give to God and not just to man. It has to be an offering to the Lord. But here we have Jesus on the other wall observing everybody that's giving. But he's, he marvels at this woman. So much so that he calls his disciples and he has them watch days away from his crucifixion. Now I want to just say three things to you. Just very simple. First one is this. Real worship is what you do before God, not just before people. The passage says that Jesus uh, says that Jesus was looking at them, putting the money into the treasury. Many rich people. He saw everyone. He not only saw, but he knew what was in their hearts. And he was struck by the woman because she gave all that she had. It was nothing to everybody except to him. It was nothing. It, it would seem that if you had nothing, why would you come? Why would you come? If we had offering buckets up here tonight, and I said, bring your offering, would anybody even come up here with this? I doubt you would. I, I don't even think that most of us would think this was an offering. We, we wouldn't even consider it. And it's all that she had. And so here's a person who literally has to get to the place that if I'm going to give this, then I've got to believe that God sees it, that God honors it. I'm doing this for God. I'm clearly not doing this for man. This isn't going to buy anything for the temple. It isn't going to pay for one priest to have his job. It won't do anything significant for all that is going on in the, in the physical, in this place, and among this people. Nothing will happen as a result of this. So she could not have been doing it because she wanted people to see her. She had to be doing something like this because she knew something that nobody else seemingly knew except for Jesus when he called his disciples to see it. This. When you do this, when you've got nothing to give, you have to know that God still sees what you think is nothing. When you seemingly are empty, your tank is not full and you're running on fumes. If you're willing to give what you have right where you have, and I'm talking about maybe that's praise, maybe that's thanksgiving, maybe that's raise your hands, maybe that's sing, maybe that's come to church, maybe that's read a Bible verse, maybe it's whatever it is. But when you're willing to give something, it's not nothing as long as you are doing it out of a heart offering to God. It's not just an obligation that somebody put on us. It's not a checklist that we're trying to fulfill, but it's what we have. And when we give it to him, I'm telling you, God sees it. And friends, if you haven't gone through some hard times, you will. You're going to go through some hard times, and you're going to feel like this is what you got. And sometimes it's easy to just be like, well, this is all I got. I might as well not show up. I might as well not sing up. I might as well not speak up. I might as well not open the Bible up. That is the wrong way to think when you seemingly have a little or nothing at all. That is the time to press in right there because that's where real worship shows up before God. Days away from his crucifixion, what caused Jesus to stop? It was a widow with a penny. That's what caused Jesus to stop. You want to get the attention of God? You got to give what you got. And what you got might not be a lot. Come on, that rhyme, that was for you, people. Somebody just woke up right there. We think worship is about being full, but it's what you do when you're empty even more. You ever felt depleted in this season? 
You ever felt like you lacked, like you were set back, like you didn't want to do anymore, like you didn't even want to come anymore, like you didn't have anything to give anymore? Well, that's the time right there. That's the time. You're doing things you shouldn't do, you don't want anybody to know about? Come on, that's the time right there. You're not giving out of your holy place right now, giving out of your sinful space. You understand what I'm talking about? Anybody, do you mean me to break that down for you? Like, man, if you knew what was going on when I wasn't at church, give right there. Give what you got. If that's what you got, that's what you got. Give it. Bring it to God. The only prayer you got is I need your help right where I'm at. That's a prayer to God. That's what he wants. He wants what you've got, not what you don't have. You understand? See, when we try to act like we've got to do something, say something, or be something where we're really not, that's not worship. That's fake. And I don't go to that, those sayings, fake it till you make it. Don't fake it till you make it. How about we just make up a new one? Just don't fake it. <laughs> don't fake nothing. The Bible calls that falsehood. It says get rid of that. Get rid of the fake. We don't want the fake, okay? I don't want fake nothing. But real worship is what you do before God. God knows what we give, why we give it. And I'm not just talking about money. But it doesn't matter what people see. It matters what God sees. He knows what true worship is and what it looks like, and he observes it. He sees it, and he wants us to offer it to him. Number two is real worship is what you do when you have nothing. Now, I know I've said it many times, but can you imagine the shame that she felt? What about the shame we feel? There are so many times where, I mean, I'm just speaking for myself, but I want you to interpret for yourself, okay? Because I'm not you and you're not me, but there are times where in the last couple years, I haven't felt much like a leader. <laughs> I haven't felt much like a pastor. I felt like a, a, a depleted citizen. You understand, like when you get reduced down to very little, you don't feel like you're much. I'm just being honest with you. I know everybody wants the, the courageous white knight, just, you, you know, the definitive I'm awesome person, <laughs> but that's not you or me. But, you, but when you're willing, even when you're in that place, when you'll take a step, even though you don't feel like you have the strength, you're not living by feelings, you're living by faith. You're trusting that what you do have as you give it to God, he'll take whatever that is and make it much. That's what he does. He's good at that. He says, I'm strong. What, in your strength? No, he didn't say that, does he? Why would she even come to the temple? Why would she even walk up to the money chest? Why would she do that? Is it worth, is it, worth it? This is sacrifice when we give out of what we seemingly don't have. We give it all. Sometimes showing up is, is all that we have. Sometimes showing up. You know, you ever felt like, man, I don't want to just even going to church. I don't, I don't even want to go to church. Has anybody ever felt like that? No, you've never it's the person next to you, maybe. Like, I don't even want to do that. Yeah. In these, in these times, it's, it's just not, you know, and I mean online too, guys. I love you. Okay, I see you. I, I, I want to be careful. I don't mean it like that. I don't. But, I mean, it's easy to just let go of it all, isn't it? It's, it's easy to just sort of slide into never, never land. And, that, and you know that's not a better space, but it, and that can... That has to do with our relationship with God and everything that Christianity really is to us. 
all of that. We lose the purpose of a thing and its meaning. And, and then the question is why? Sometimes our worship for the Lord it will be tested with trials. You know, you're going to get tested. I've been tested. You've been tested. You're going to get tested a lot more than even what you've been tested. Your, your worship is going to get tested. It's just going to happen. And, and this is what real worship is. is. Real worship is what we bleed when we're cut. So what comes out of us right there when you're offended, when your situation doesn't turn out the way you planned or the way you saved for, the way you wanted, or the idealism, like what do you do when things go the opposite way of what you want? Right in that place is what real worship, whatever comes out of us is real worship right there. Now, if it's the wrong type of stuff, that ain't worship, but I'm saying as we give it to God, it is real. You go through a relational conflict or a difficulty of some kind, or a division, or a schism, or an offense, or a trial, or a temptation, or whatever it is, whether it's work, or it's home, or it's church, or how, whatever it looks like for us, in that place when we give it to God, and we're cut, and we show up, and we step up, and we worship Him right there, that's real worship. I've never resonated with anybody that's ever talked about act like you know, you're not in that place and uh, just worship God right there. You know, sort of this happy, clappy mentality. I'm like, have you ever read the Psalms, the lament Psalms? <laughs> Some of them say, woe is me. Have you ever said that to yourself? Like, look in the mirror when you get home and say, woe is me. <laughs> yeah. And God will turn that around. You understand? He will. Maybe that's where you're at today. Now, I know you guys are all saved and sanctified and delivered and filled with the Holy Ghost tonight, but I, I think I'm talking to a few of you. I know I am. Real worship is what you do when you seemingly have nothing. And the last thing, everybody breathe, real worship moves the heart of God. Real worship moves the heart of God. This woman did not know that Jesus was watching her. She didn't do it for that reason. I mean, she knew God, she was doing it for the Lord, but she didn't do it just because she knew there's these disciples and she, she was out of the devotion of her heart, she was giving unto God, but Jesus was watching her right there in that moment. She didn't know he would call his disciples to observe the most expensive gift given that nobody else could see. The disciples couldn't see this. The disciples didn't see this woman with her penny. Nobody saw her. And if they did, they sneered. Why? Why even do that? You're not giving anything. You're giving nothing. And Jesus stopped his whole crew and said, look at this. This is what it's all about. Powerful. God is watching us, and he's moved by our sacrificial worship. He's moved by it. Have you ever thought about moving the heart of God? You want to bring pleasure to the Lord? Isn't that what we're all about here? I want to bring glory to God, but I want to bring the Lord pleasure with my words and my actions. And isn't it easy in this season to get so focused on what other people think and what other people are doing? It's honestly a window into our soul that we so easily get unfocused from what God thinks. And if we're consumed with what God thinks, it, would, it changes what we do, what we say, how we do it. I told you he's days away from his crucifixion and he gives an object lesson to his disciples. Every disciple, a few days from then, are about to be tested. 
And Jesus said to them, hey, look, uh, they couldn't understand this right then, of course, and he didn't say it this way, but I'm just sort of, I'm doing what I think the Chosen TV series does. <laughs> I'm animating here, <laughs> which is a, good, it's a great series. Um, they're about to get tested, all of their loyalty. And I, I'm, I'm looking all of you in your face, your disciples of Jesus, you're all gonna get tested, every one of you. And I'm not being mean, I'm just telling you, you're gonna get tested. You think you won't, you're gonna get tested twice as much. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and say that, think that. You're gonna get tested twice as much. And God wants to bring out of you what he's trying to put inside of you. He wants to bring it out of you. That's what's gonna happen. There are a lot of people falling away from Jesus. There, there, there really are. If, I mean, every statistic I read today, that's, that's, the, that's truth. That's not just church, church attendance. Like, the truth is that I meet people regularly. I used to go to church. Yeah, I used to believe that. Yeah, I used to. The deconstruction movement is massive. There are churches to teach you how to deconstruct your faith. Right? I'm going to tell you where they're going to end up. They're going to end up in a hole six feet down by themselves, wondering, how did I get down here? All the while, we're digging ourselves that grave. Listen, I'm, I, I'm telling you the truth. The disciples were about to get tested, and they didn't know it. And Jesus stops days away from his crucifixion, and he calls them to look at something. You need to see what she's doing. Nobody else can see this, but what she's doing is she showed up, and she went, got moved past the shame, and she gave everything that she had. She gave everything that she had. You're going to feel like in five days that you don't have anything. You lost me. You feel like you lost your respect. You feel like you're on the run. All of this persecution is about to be unleashed on your life. All this stuff that you believed is about to get tested, even though I was trying to tell you in advance this stuff was going to happen. You're about to get tested. But I want you to see something before that happens. I want you to know something before that happens. God sees what men do not see. God is watching the small things and not just the big things. God doesn't just want you to show up and give a thousand. He wants you to show up and give your penny. So even if you feel like in five days, all you got is a penny to give to God, you need to show up and give your penny because he's looking, he's watching. And that's the lesson. When your loyalty is tested, you have to give your loyalty. But it's, it's gonna get tested. Our worship before God is a sacrifice. It's a it's a sweet-smelling sacrifice, especially in suffering, lack, and pain. And I wonder if maybe over this season, when so many of us tend to respond, and I'm not talking about you, but you know, somebody you know, we respond in anger and we want to do something about what's going on and we're just getting riled up and, and, and it's, I mean, it's so prevalent right now. What's concerning to me is that we're not going to God in such a way, wondering what it is to really worship him in the midst of all of this. What does it mean to push back in a culture that is godless? What does it mean to push back in a culture that fears man and not God? What does it mean to actually look like somebody that's sacrificing for God, focusing on God, giving everything to God? Does it look like angry people? that have something to say about the governance of our land? I mean, really? In natural ways? I mean, there are stories in the Bible. Have you read these stories? They're crazy. God, the angel of the Lord says, here's what I want you to do. You're in the promised land. I just want you to think, if us, if, the, if we were Israelites, and we had just come through the, the Jordan River, 
And now the angel of the Lord confronts Joshua and says, I want you to tell the people of Israel. I couldn't even imagine being Joshua. I want you to tell the people of Israel that you're going to march around Jericho. Jericho is built with rock. Okay, we're talking 15 feet thick, wide rock around the city. I want you to walk around this rock-walled city, and I want you to do it for six days. I want, you, I want them to watch you do this. This is amazing. Yeah, like nobody's going nobody's gonna to see you. Don't worry. Everybody's going to see you. I want you to get the shofars ready. I want you to get the dancers ready, the singers ready. I want you to be worshiping as you do this. And then on the last day, I want you to give a big shout, and I'm going to take care of the wall. How much faith would it take to believe that if you go on a hike and you walk around the same wall, rock wall, you thoroughly study that it is a thick rock wall for six days. And God says that on the last day, I want you to blow trumpets, dance, sing, and shout as you carry the wooden box that's filled with my presence. And when you do that, if you just obey me, I'll take care of everything else. You don't got to fight. Now, let me ask you a question. Would you believe that? If I told you tonight, if you and I just worshiped and begin to pray and press in, God will begin to take care of some of the things that we're so angry about. Would you believe, Pastor Ben? I don't think everybody does. No, really. I think man wants to take it into their own hands all so often. That's what we like to do. We want to take it into our hands. We want to control the outcome. We want our own safety and security. And people try and they try and they try. And we move further away from trusting God and trusting God and trusting God. That's why we look for people to tell us what we want to hear. And we get deceived when we do. That's all you need is you need a person to show up and, and they tell you what, you what we want to hear. There are things that you and I want to hear. And they're not just easily deceivable type of things. That would be too simple. Right? I mean, if the devil showed up and it just not, hey, my name's Lucifer, how are you doing? It's great, it's Halloween tonight. And I just would, I would really like to deceive you and it'd be a lot easier if I didn't have to go through other means. Could you just follow me? Let's just make this whole thing done. If we can negotiate this overnight, no big deal. No false teaching, false doctrine. You don't have to worry about all that. Just follow me and stop doing what you're doing. That would be great. That's not how it works. Everybody in this room has something that, we want to hear. It says our itching ears want to hear. And I think it's interesting to me that sometimes it comes in the package that doesn't seemingly look that wrong, but it's just slightly off of having a focus of God. It's slightly off of what the word of God actually means. It's just slightly off. And the farther we get away, the less we trust God, and the more we just end up in this place, at least of the flesh, if not doing the bidding of the enemy. Now, I could go and unpack that because I have a whole theology on the broken system called the world in the Bible, but I think there are a lot of well-meaning Christians that have given themselves to the different side of the world in fear because even if you're reacting to what you think is happening, you're still literally reacting to fear instead of responding to the Bible. But you're going to have to wait till this weekend to talk more about that. <laughs> I'm reminded of so many people that I know right now who think because of their situation they can't give God anything. 
I've got nothing to give, and it's quite the opposite. When you worship God, you give him thanks, you stay committed, you encourage others, you give God your mites, he's watching, and the Lord marvels over our nothing that we give. The world looks at this stuff and they think, man, this is, what Christians are doing is just dumb. That's my word for it. It's just weird. They get in a building and they pray. What a waste of time. That's what the world thinks. But we're just showing up and we're giving this thing to God. We go, there's, there's one. That's not, that's not much. And, 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 and there's another one I'm going to give. And that's, that's not much. And the world goes, that's, that's nothing. That's nothing. That doesn't even compete with my, the amount of money I'm giving to this campaign fund. And then we go, yeah, but I, this is all I got right here. I'm just going to give that one too. I'm going to give that. That's all, I, that's all I got. See, when you get honest with yourself, if you really are honest with yourself, you realize that's actually all you do have. That's really all you do have. And I'm, I'm encouraging us, before we get reduced down to know it, let's see it for what it is. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2, it talks about, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your reasonable spiritual act of worship. What we give to God in worship, what's reasonable is to give him ourself. And it would be better if we didn't think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. If we just give God ourselves, that's what we're giving back to the Lord. Somebody say amen, or I'm just going to keep saying stuff. Our worship to God is not about our impact on others. It's about our willingness to bring everything that we have to him and give it all, especially when there's not much to give. I want to tell you tonight, if you feel like you don't have much to give, that's where you need to give, and you need to give it all. And if you do that, God will see it. God will honor it. God will bless it. God will respond to it. And that's the place, to me, that's the place of faith, especially in a season where a lot of people aren't showing up and speaking up and praying up and doing what they can and watching God do what he will. I'm telling you, God will respond to a people like that. He always has, and he always will. He champions the underdog because the underdog understands, I don't have much to give, but if I give all that I am, God will respond, and he will do it in such a way where he'll show off because that's what he wants. If you want to give God glory, give him little old you and watch how he'll be big old him. You understand? He's not wanting us to show off or any of that. He wants to show up. And so I want to push you to worship God for all that you are. I want to provoke you. I want to stir you in wherever you are and whatever you have. You're trying to reach out to people right now and they're not responding. You're trying to reach your family right now and nothing's happening. You're praying prayers and nothing's changing. You don't have provision and God is challenging you to do things that you feel like you can't do. You feel like you're not qualified and God's asking you to serve. And you're like, I don't think I can. It's right there where you should. It's not about exalting self. It's about honoring God. This is what worship looks like every time. It's when we think we have so much to give and we're so qualified and we're so wonderful and we're so fantastical that we're not useful. Jesus only stopped for this. Everybody went by. Ding, 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 ding. He didn't care about any of it. But one woman had one thing and he went, whoa, hold up. And he got all his disciples. And he said, I want you to see something that's great. I want you to see something that's great. Friends, tonight in this room, when we show up on Wednesday nights, in fact, where's, the, where's Gerald? And Gerald, you coming back, man? Are you just, you're just blown away by this word. That's what you are. You're like, 
He's just leaning sideways like, man, that's so good. <laughs> I just want to give God all that I have. Man. Well, Gerald, come on up and give all that you got. Okay, come on. Just do it on the guitar, buddy. All right, do it on the guitar. Amen. All right. I love him. No, we're friends. We can do, we, you don't understand. I won't make fun of you. That's, there's a difference between making fun and having fun. I don't know what the line is. I didn't say I knew that. I'm just saying there is a line, and God is the judge. Amen. God's the judge, so just knock it off. I love you, man. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, amen. All right. Do you understand? God, I'm coming over to this side. I like you guys. How are you doing? You doing good? I neglected you. I apologize for that. It wasn't right. Just wasn't right. And you too. You fine. Well, I see you back there. Hey. What do you have to give? What do you have to give? In this season, right, as we step up, as we show up, it's everything. It's everything. Miracles are going to flow out of this season, out of these trials, out of these tests. Apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, unlikely people are going to be raised up in this season, right? The people that the Bible talks about, you know, those that seemingly were uneducated in their day, but they had been with Jesus. They're going to get raised up. Things are going to happen in this day that are unprecedented, unprecedented. That is the time that is ripe for God to do things that seemingly can't, won't, or shouldn't happen. It's right now. What I'm asking you to do is believe with me. As we gather together, I'm asking you to believe with me, to believe God. We can give ourselves to the fear. We can give ourselves to the world. We can give ourselves to the anger. I, I, I am encouraging you to choose, your, choose to give yourself and to give what you have to the Lord. Give it to God. He'll not only turn it around, he'll change the whole morale of your home life. He'll change what's going on in your mind. He'll change what's going on when nobody's looking. He will shift things inside of you that you, could, you and I could never do. We could never do this. God will do it. And he'll do it in a shorter amount of time. He'll do it in a shorter amount of time. It's not a time to, to, to waste anything. It's a time to give everything. That's the season that we're in. The tests are coming. If you haven't experienced them, they're on their way. Loyalty to Jesus is being tested, and it's going to be tested. It is going to happen. I'm prophesying to you right now. It's not the prophecy you want because a lot of prophecies are God wants to fill your bank account, and God wants to get all your relationships straight, and God wants to heal every part of your body. And I pray all that for every one of you and for me. I pray all that. Amen. In Jesus' name. But when our loyalty is tested, if we show up and worship God right there, those are the people that he's going to use. And I would rather Northwest Church be those people trustworthy unto God in a time of testing where our loyalty is true and our worship is real. Those are the people that we are. Those are the people that we will be. And we'll pray that every church that calls on the name of Jesus is exactly the same, but that is who we must be. We cannot be fickle. We cannot lack substance. We cannot be wavering. We've got to give it all. We've got to give it all. Press into worship. Worship God everywhere that you go and everything that you do and all that you have, worship God. The devil owns the fence. Got to get off the fence. Got to get off the line. We got to cross over and be done with negotiations. We got to be done with it. He owns the fence and he's playing games with people's lives and it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. And you might be here tonight and you may say, well, Ben, that's not me. If it's not you, pray for those that it is. And I'm being, I'm, I'm bringing you the bad news and the good news at the same time. Don't you love it? Would you stand with me? It's time to war. We got to pray. I don't want to just 
you know, sometimes we pat a cake, pray, clap, you know, like, I want us to war. You know, there's a type of intercession that's warfare. You don't got to scream or shout. You can, amen, you can, but there's a warfare prayer where we go to war. Go to war over your soul. Go to war over the people that are falling in this season. Go to war over the people that are confused, that are deconstructing, the people that are wavering in their faith. And if that's you, friend, I want you to know God can strengthen you, and he wants to do it right now. He does. But just give him what you got. Give him whatever prayer you got. Give him whatever worship you got. Just give it to him, and God will take it, and he'll make it more, and let's enter into that together. Lord, we thank you in the name of Jesus tonight that as you're calling us to worship, we're not showing up acting like professionals here. We're asking you to move in this church and in our hearts, and we want more of you, and we're asking that you would shift us into a place of worship. That in the testing and the trial and the difficulty and the discouragement and the pain, that we would stand right there and we would raise our hands and we would declare the praises of our God in the midst of it all, in the fear and the anger and all that's happening today. Lord, what we care about most is pleasing your heart. That just like you saw the woman with the might and she gave all that she had, nobody else saw but you. And we're asking that you would see us at Northwest Church that you would see us in our cars and see us in our homes and see us with our children and see us on the phone and see us when we're sending emails and text messages and trying to be used by you and trying to make a difference in the world. We're asking that you would use us. So unshackle us, break the chains tonight as we release people in forgiveness and as we experience the freedom that only comes from the Holy Spirit. As we give what we have to you, we ask you to come. Holy Spirit, come. We ask tonight that you would stand against the enemy in our lives. Break the power of that discouragement over us right now. In the name of Jesus. Worship is about giving what you have, no matter how much that is. Amen. When it feels like we have nothing to give, Lord, we're giving it to you. When we feel like we don't want to pray, we're going to pray all the more. When the enemy tries to take a pound of flesh, we'll die to the flesh and we'll give you everything right now. And I'm, I'm prophesying over you that as if the enemy comes against you and if circumstances befall you, that it's in that season right there, it's in that moment, that circumstance, that you're going to push against that. You're going to push against that and pray twice. You're going to push against that and give yourself more, serve more. You're going to push not just to do more, but you're giving yourself over in worship because you know there's something on the other side of that. God, we worship you tonight. We know there's breakthrough on the other side of our activity, our action. Not to cower in fear, not to shrink back, not to negotiate. You're our example and nothing less. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray in the name of Jesus. We worship you, mighty God. Be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. This is not a season to worry. This is a season to worship. This is not a season of fear. This is a season of faith. This is not a season of sadness. It's a season of strength. Thank you for your joy. The joy that comes without any circumstance. The peace that surpasses all comprehension. That's what we're longing for, what we're looking for. Let us lay hold of that, God. Give us a new way of thinking tonight. Come, Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about Northwest Church, 
go to our website, nwcfoursquare.org, or download our app in any of the app stores by searching Northwest Foursquare Church. Thank you.